Hello, and welcome to another edition, a special Saturday edition of uh, the End Zone Podcast. You'll be missing your uh, podcast feed either early Sunday morning or late Saturday night. YB, I know the pressures of the South Korean capitalistic system that you live in are, are, are weighing down on you, so I wanted to try to make sure we got you on at least during the weekend here. Uh, I, we will have a larger uh, weekend recap slash conference preview show sometime next week, but uh, can't promise a date on that quite yet as we have some schedules we're trying to figure out. But YB, two games today. The second one, a banger, really yeah. uh, a, 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 an all-time classic just ended. We start there. The Packers head to Santa Clara, start the game hot, go down, get a field goal, their first drive, go into half, trailing six to seven, have a 15-point third quarter where the offense clicks. Jordan Love looks amazing. And then the 49ers come back largely on the back of Christian McCaffrey running the ball to score a touchdown at the end that puts them up 24 to 21 with a minute left Jordan Love gets the football heads down on third down second down actually not even a end of play down uh Jordan Love runs throws the ball back across his body cardinal sin of quarterback play YB and uh gets picked off by Dre Greenlaw a painful mistake for the young quarterback but the Niners move on in what was a very, very strange game. And, and and one where I come out of it feeling almost somehow less confident in the 49ers than I did beforehand. I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, tonight w- was in, enlightening on, on several fronts, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to make it's fair to make that way stated, like you said, because Purdy obviously didn't have his best game. He, if you look at the box score, he had a pretty good game overall by the box score. But you saw, like, if you were watching the game, that he wasn't, you know, the Brock Purdy that we saw in the regular season. Whether that had something to do with the rain that was apparently falling down all the, all day, and or like Debo Samuel obviously left the game early and didn't return. There's also that. But on the whole, though, I think the Niners. They showed resilience. Like it was kind of disturbing how the the Packers had had several explosive plays that you would not think that the Niners would uh, give up. Some of it was on busted coverage. Some of it was on people slipping, and some of it was just basically good play design, like the two point conversion that the Packers had to take that lead. Aaron Jones was wide open, so that was a coverage bust. Like they they the Packers on offense and defense. I thought the game planned really well especially on the on the defensive side because you saw Purdy he was kind of unsure of where to go like the decisiveness that you saw in Purdy wasn't really there until the final until I think the fourth quarter I think that was when he got and when he rediscovered who he could be and the Niners like they faced a scare I mean the Packers to their credit they destroyed the second seed Cowboys last week and if it weren't for uh some red zone mishaps and two missed field goals, they might've stolen this one as well. So the Packers, they have a lot to be like positive about because like you mentioned last week, they're so, so young on offense, especially love is ironically the old oldest member, I think. 
in term, other than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was also incredibly effective today. He ran the ball so, so well. Like, contrary to what we thought, that he wouldn't be as effective this week as he was last week. That was not true. Aaron Jones ran very well, six yards per carry, over 100 yards. And the the Niners, like, moving on, like, whoever they face, they're going to they're going to at least have the opportunity to, to stay in Santa Clara and kind of look over what flummoxed them. But, you know, the Niners, at least they're moving on, and they faced adversity and managed to overcome it and win. So you can't put it against that. And the Packers were playing as well as any team, I think, over the course of the final parts of the regular season. So I'm not as down on the Niners as I think you might be, but I can understand why you take that take that viewpoint. Brock Purdy, man. I mean, we've we've talked about him. You and I have literally been taught. He's early enough in his career that we've talked about him for his entire career. And you came out very high on him. And I've always been low. And this is why I'm low. Like he he struggles in these games. And he is he is a the definition of a system quarterback. He is in a really good system where he has the answers to the test. But when the moments are big, he did not play well tonight. He missed throw after throw after throw. He put the team in bad positions. He took bad sacks. He just played terribly through most of the night. And even if you look at those scoring drives, it's Christian McCaffrey who's leading them. I personally put some blame on Kyle Shanahan, too. He has too much faith in his quarterback. Like, the fact Christian McCaffrey came out of this game with only... Let me double check here. 17 carries is kind of criminal. Like, you got to give your best player the ball at least 20 times if you're in a game like this. And he just, he didn't. He would he threw the ball more than he ran it. He asked Brock Purdy to throw the ball 40 times. That is not when Brock Purdy is successful. This was a bad game plan and a bad day for Kyle Shanahan. And I'm concerned because, sure, NFC Championship game, are they going to probably handle the Lions or Bucks? Yes. But if he runs into one of these AFC quarterbacks that's a real quarterback, the guys left are Lamar, Mahomes, and Allen. And if you're asking Brock Purdy to go up against those guys, I don't think he's ready for it whatsoever. He is not that caliber of player. And I and I just hate that people act like he is. He's a very serviceable quarterback. But the fact we were talking about him like an MVP at some point this year, I never bought into that. He is he is not a difference maker. He he is a middling quarterback who on bad days can lose you games, and he almost lost them this game. Well, but if you take a look, take a look at the box score. Like I know box scores aren't everything, but so this is not my penultimate argument. But Brock Purdy was twenty-three of thirty-nine for two fifty-two and one touchdown, no interceptions. Jordan Love, who many people who watched the game will think he played better than Brock Purdy, was twenty-one of thirty-four, one ninety-four, two touchdowns, two two interceptions. He outdueled Jordan Love statistically. Okay, like I understand why. I I mean I watched the game and I kind of I have some of the similar opinions as you that he Purdy definitely struggled at times this game. Like he was like, you could see him kind of saying, wait, what is this? When he's looking at the defense and kind of trying to figure out on the fly where to go. And that's with any quarterback virtually, other unless you're like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Like if you, do, and I understand why people are so down on Purdy and 
I I personally really like I think the the term system quarterback is really misleading because so, yes, he he may be what you would classify as a definition of a system quarterback. Sure. Is he in that system right now? And does he give you results? Yes, he does. And so what's the problem with being a system quarterback if he's there? You're not talking about him getting a new contract somewhere else. You're talking about whether he can function in the system. And for the most part, he does. Like, I don't see why that's a den- why that's a knock against him. Because can a system quarterback win you the Super Bowl, which is all that matters for the 49ers at this point? Have you heard about Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson? They won Super Bowls. You think Brock Purdy can't? I'm just saying, dude, if he runs into Josh Allen or yeah. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, he is not going to last in, in, in games where he has to respond to those guys. He, he oh. won't. Well, I mean, you do have a point there because he didn't respond when Ravens came to San Francisco, and we have we already have evidence of that. But I I don't know. Like I, th- I think Purdy was like he was okay this game. He wasn't terrible, I think, as some might put it. And I think the reason they kind of cut back on McCaffrey's carries a bit was because you – I don't know if the, you saw it on the broadcast, but he was also kind of nursing something on his left thigh. Like he was having to constantly like – get it treated on the sidelines when he wasn't out there and he did touch the ball 25 times he got seven catch he got seven ca- catches as well so he, he they did give him the ball about 25 times and george kittle he played like he played well one ghastly drop notwithstanding and i you i i think though i think what a criticism you can label as shanahan is that he didn't utilize arguably his best receiver in brandon Ayuk very much yeah. at all like when some of I and mean, I think that I think you have to give some of the credit to that to the Joe Brady led Packers defense because the Packers defense really did flummox the Niners offense for a good chunk of the game. Like eventually the talent won out, but I thought the game plan from the Packers was very very good for the most part. Yeah. And they got pressure with the front four. I don't think anyone saved their job more than Joe Barry did over the past three. Oh yeah, weeks. Joe Barry, not Joe Brady. Sorry. Like he he is yeah he is he went from laughing stock to pretty effectively making Dak Prescott and the number one scoring offense look like a joke and limiting Kyle Shanahan. When we talked about this game on Thursday, we thought Shanahan was going to have a field day. And they just, they did not, like the numbers are kind of there, but they didn't top 400 yards. Like this, this was a solid game plan by the Packers. And shockingly, they were, they were better on both fronts, YB. That Packers pass rush was the best group of the pass rushers in this game, and the offensive line was the best offensive line. It it was really shocking to see them kind of manhandle the Niners in the trenches the way they did. I want to go back to a point you made. Jordan Love, let's let's talk about his game really quick. Yes, he made yeah. some incredible throws, but the second half was not good for him. He yeah. you know, you you have that throw to Aaron Jones on the second down, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about where he throws it like behind him and it's an easy check down for like five yards. Like he he missed some pretty routine throws in the second half. And it is important to understand that while he has all this pizzazz and while he does have unlimited potential, like the throw he makes in the, in the first half that is almost identical to the Aaron Rodgers Cowboys throw. It, this is still a very young quarterback that has not played many NFL snaps. And you see that on that last play of the game. Aaron Rodgers is not doing that. 
Aaron Rodgers is not throwing across his body late into traffic. Sure. He, he might he might have. He might have because he, he trusts his arm, but yeah, but he's not making not, not in that situation. That's a second down play. He can throw that ball yeah. away and live to fight another day. And he and he makes a dumb rookie mistake. Well, I listen, r- I think this yeah, I think yeah. the sky's the limit for him. I, I do. I think they're set. I think they've got a quarterback. I think it's good to build around him. But I do think it's, we also have to be fair and, and say he didn't play a perfect game. He he, no, he, he was, did not. He, 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 he did have struggles throughout this game. I will tell you who did play a perfect game, though, and a guy who I'm interested to see if he keeps it up next year. And, and maybe the – the move is to draft a replacement for AJ Dillon, who's actually good. Because if you can keep Aaron Jones fresh for the playoffs, there has been no better running back in the NFL over the past month than Aaron Jones. Like he, Aaron he is... Jones and Kyron Williams, those two were the best running backs over the course of the last month, last month yep. of the season. Yep, and he was better than Christian McCaffrey tonight. To be completely honest with you, he was absolutely incredible. They need to draft someone that they can pair him up with, and then next off season, next postseason, you know, give him a rock again because that's a, a sound sound game plan. I mean, I feel like we we covered this game. Niners, they move on, survive in advance. That's a big part of winning in the playoffs. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta win these like yeah, ugly they win, games. They won it, when it, they didn't play their best. That's what the best teams do. It was good to see them come from behind, which they have not done a lot this year. Um, we'll see. I I do think they're Super Bowl bound. I I I'm I'm pretty confident in that. But again, I just don't know if I trust them against an elite quarterback. Um, the Packers, on the other hand, really promising season. Really good players. If they continue to be run well, which they have been under Brian Gutekunst and and Matt Lafleur, I think things are going to work out for them. Any any final closing thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean the Packers. Like, you look at who had the who had the catches in the receiving core. Every almost every single one of them, with the exception of Aaron Jones, are either rookies or second years. They're gonna go. They're gonna grow with the team. Like all of them, like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Bo Melton. Uh, Tucker Craft, Dante. Well, Wicks didn't have a catch, but he also he played well last week. So, this this off this offense at the very least, it's gonna grow. Kind of like how you know the the Texans, who we'll get to in a little bit. Like they're all their key players are so young, with a, with one or two exceptions. So they're an interest. They're a fun team to see who growing up, and who knows how. Like it'll be fun to see how they evolve next season because Lafleur, as we saw, as we were able to see, he can coach. He can coach like nobody else. Like he's a very, very good coach. And now that he has a quarterback that's willing to, you know, kind of listen to him and kind of not like butt heads with him, you saw like what he was capable of with a very young and inexperienced squad, and able to get them into the playoffs. So Matt Lafleur, I think he's shown his credentials as a bona fide top five coach. If he wasn't in anybody's opinion, he is now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's he's in the same range as, as Shanahan and McVeigh for for sure. Um, AFC, Ravens, Texans. I've just you know I've got to issue an apology to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I, I told you. Uh, yeah, I told I mean, you during the preview. You you did, dude. I mean, I really like the Bills, but like, 
if the Chiefs somehow win tomorrow, there's there's no chance they survive against this buzzsaw. Like the the Ravens defense was fantastic. They they took away Nico Collins and and CJ Stroud just didn't have many answers. And then man, it's just it's hard to analyze him because. Hand up. I did not watch that much of the Baltimore Ravens this year. You know, I, that, that was a team that just, even though they're the yeah. one seed, it was a blind spot for some reason. And you look at the stats and Lamar Jackson, 152 yards, 100 yards on the ground. Sure, 100 yards on the ground is impressive, but you see 152 through the air and you're like, man, what a subpar game. And then you, you look at the more telling stat, which is 16 for 22. Lamar was perfect in this game. Like, I, I don't think I have ever seen a quarterback be more efficient than what he was in this game. And and even though it's 152 yards, all of them were back-breaking yards. And he still has it with his legs. They kind of saved his legs for the playoffs. And, man, they're, they're just in a really good position. The defense is the best in the league, better than the Niners. I, I think the defense I can you. shut I, I, I think you. the yeah, I think the defense can shut down anyone. Uh I I really hope Josh Allen wins tomorrow because I I'm fascinated to see what answers they have for Josh Allen. But man, this is this is a really good team. And if you ask me right now on Saturday night before we see another two games. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? I I think it's the Baltimore Ravens, and I've I I think I'm pretty confident in that. I I don't see myself picking against them the rest of the way. I I just think they are a very very good football team that I just totally missed and and slipped on. But they're here now, and that place was rocking, and it's gonna be chaos and at MNT for. A, a conference title game that they get a host. So man, that's it's a it's a it's a it's a great team. And uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get to see the Ravens firsthand too way too many times. Like as a fan of the Bengals, so I know I know a little bit better than you what they were capable of. I told you this defense was ridiculous. Like they like they went into halftime ten and ten, and according to what I saw, Lamar Jackson absolutely cussed out like the team like <laughs> Lamar Jackson like yeah like, dude that, that, profanity lace tirade the, in the, the, locker one, room. the image that stands out to this game is him going into the locker room first and the look on his face you know the shot I'm talking about he's no, walking I, I, I remember this game with this game was on at 4 30 a.m in my, my local time so uh, I didn't get to see it live too much oh but. yeah he's he, he's what he's walking down the stairs he looks pissed Man, he they they really came out and they they came to play in in the second half. And again, the numbers aren't crazy, but they they dominated this game. And it, the Texans credit D'Amico Ryan's the first half. They mm. shut down this offense. They they had a game plan that worked, but the Ravens made better adjustments and yeah. they, they they just they took care of it. In the second half, I, I thought Stroud looked as good as he could in this game. He didn't make any backbreaking mistakes, no turnovers, no sacks. Really impressive in that regard, but there was just nothing. There was nothing for him all day. He There were no answers. They, they ran for 38 yards. They, they were totally stifled by arguably the best 
playoff defensive performance I think I've seen since the 2015 Broncos, to be completely honest with you. That this is that defense this defense reminds me of that defense. And I I think they are that good and of that level. And I think by the time we're all said and done, we're talking about them. Their, their, their numbers I heard on on ATM this week, their numbers are reminiscent of the eighty five Bears. Like or the two thousand def- Ravens. Defensively. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they, this is yeah, one of the greatest you, defenses of all time. Do you know how freaking annoying it is to play in a division where two of the like two of the other three teams have like top five defenses and yeah. the third team has like a top ten defense? Do you know how annoying that is? And that's, that happens in perpetuity. Do you know how freaking annoying that is? Like it's it's kind of it's kind of like a throwback to old times with a raven with a swarming Ravens defense led by a charismatic and and fiery middle linebacker, you know, the Ray Lewis parallel now with Roquan Smith. Thanks, Chicago, for nothing. But Lamar Jackson, I think over the course of this season, like you, I think he, like with the Todd Munkin offense that's been installed and like Lamar uh, maturing as a player over the course of several years, I think he knows when to, like, this is a kind of a trite cliche, but when to kind of put on the cape and go and when to just kind of play within the system i think he has a better understanding of what needs to be done at certain points in the game and you saw that lamar even though he doesn't run as often as he did in his like second or third years you can he can still run with the best of them he is he's an impossible he's almost impossible to game plan for and the ravens rushing attack now with justice hill leading the attack somehow and they picked up dalvin cook to kind of act as the third like change of pace back and cook I think now has still has a like just a little bit of juice left enough for a postseason run. So I think that was that was a welcoming sight for the Ravens to see. Uh, likely has filled in well for Andrews, and Andrews will probably be back maybe next week and maybe for the Super Bowl because he was practicing this week. So, and they cut up a and they put up a good motley crew of weapons. Like Flowers, obviously, is the big name right now, but Bateman had a couple of good catches. Aguilar has done well as like a wide receiver three or four, which I think at his current stage in his career is now his like ideal ceiling, the ideal role basically. Like, like <laughs> he, Aguilar was he still never... had a, he still had an awful drop in this game well, that was almost picked off. Well, I mean that is, that's kind of the Nelson Aguilar experience. Like you, I mean that that interview with that Philly fan will live live on forever. But oh yeah, on whole, sure. on, but that defense like with Roquan and Patrick Queen like roaming the middle. And then they have all like Swiss Army Knife Kyle Hamilton deployed everywhere, like everywhere you can imagine, because he's such a smart player and so versatile. And then on the defensive line, you have that break, like most improved player of the year candidate, Justin Matabuke. And they have a pass rush by committee. And even though there weren't there weren't any sacks for Stroud, from what I could see, they did pressure him very quickly and force him to make decisions very quickly. And Stroud is good at that, but it's hard to do constantly especially when their defense is as talented as the ravens are and for the texans i think they had they put up a good fight in the first half and then the talent just won out kind of like how we predict ironically kind of like how we predicted the niners packers game would go but (laughs) but and and i think the ravens have i think the most complete team that they've had since maybe since that super bowl run when flacco went up was a supernova and the defense like with had with, with ray lewis's last legs played their hearts out to win to win the Super Bowl. And 
they're I think they're a lot younger on defense as well than that compared to that point because Roquan and Patrick Queen are in their mid twenties. Hamilton, Adabuke, those guys are also like early mid twenties. The secondary, like Marlon Humphrey, didn't play this game and they and they stifled the stifled the Texans. So it, that's an encouraging sign for them, and they're gonna have a stiffer test week next week, whether it be the Bills or the Chiefs. The Bills because I think they're firing better on all cylinders compared to where they were in regular season. The Chiefs because well, it's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. <laughs> so it, but I think the Ravens are not scared of anybody, and it would have a hard time debating who will be like who can knock this Ravens team off unless they go into a men- unless they go into a mental lull of some sort. The Ravens are a very very good team. Yep. Right, YB. Well, I have an art ball to go to, so what, I'm gonna. What the what the hell is an art ball? Uh, it's like a. I think it's 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 this event one of my friends organized, uh, that is like this big display of all the art created within Salt Lake City over the past year. So like they're gonna have a gallery with different paintings mm-hmm. from local artists, and they're gonna have. Uh, music tracks from they've downloaded like a a playlist onto these archaic iPod nanos mm-hmm. that I think they're giving out so you can walk around and silently listen to kind of like silent disco wise and it's gonna have like kind of wine and cheese vibes I have a plum soup for it it looks I'm I'm excited to see how the fit looks but I've got to go get ready. So uh, this has been fun. Oh, Christ, <laughs> I'm going to put this up late at night, late mm-hmm. at night. And uh, yeah. Anywho, until next time, YB. All right. This has been fun. We will, uh, we don't have any dates yet, but expect a podcast from us sometime this week, previewing the conference title games and uh, the rest of Bill's and box maybe a podcast out tomorrow but i highly doubt so until then we will see you next time